0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. A new series on loneliness. I'm calling it all by myself. The Surgeon General of the United States has made a statement, sent this out May of this year. Most unusual statement of Surgeon General has ever made. He said there's a new epidemic in the United States of America. But it wasn't a disease or a virus or something that could be transferred physically. He said the new epidemic in America is loneliness, loneliness. Here's some things that he said. Nearly half the U.S. adults reported experiencing loneliness in these last few months. According to this research, listen to this, it said 79%. Now, I'm not going to preach about a lot of statistics today, okay? But let me set the stage. Listen to this. An epidemic of loneliness. 79% of people ages 18 to 24, the youngest of the demographic that was polled. 79% of those 18 to 24 reported feeling lonely. A rate twice that of seniors 66 and older. The loneliest generation in the history of America. There's young people that are coming up in this nation right now. Twice as lonely as the seniors. Uh, of course, COVID-19 exacerbated loneliness and separation and isolation. But this trend has been going up every year. Now think of this. Listen to this. The Surgeon General said being socially disconnected can have mental and physical consequences. It puts people at greater risk for anxiety and depression. It increases, listen to this, the possibility of dementia by 50%. Stroke by 32%. Heart disease by 29%. The risk of premature death from heightened isolation is comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and greater than all the studies associated with extreme obesity. Research shows that people are spending less time with friends and family, less time joining things like going to church together. Driven by technology uh, and its interactions that we're having, people are moving away from gathering. People are moving away from connecting. So we're focusing more on our careers at the expense of personal relationships. Uh, Between 2003 and today, the time spent, with friends, personally talking with your friends has dropped 20 hours every month while spending time alone has gone up 24 hours every month. So what do we find? It says that 45% of all Americans felt that they used to, this was the 70s, they could trust people. Today, less than 30%. We're losing trust. We're losing hope. We're losing our health because of loneliness. Now, here's a statement I read recently studying for this. It says, we are lonely, but we are fearful of intimacy. Wouldn't that describe America today? Lonely, but afraid to really be open. Fearful of intimacy. Digital connections. Now, Let me say this. I am not a crusader against digital platforms. We use them here. I'm not a crusader against being online. I'm not a crusader against social media. Maybe you want me to be. I'm not. It's how you use those things. They're tools. What are you going to do with them? It's just like money. Do you know the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil? The Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Social media can be a great tool for God. It can be a very destructive thing at the same time. What's happening, we're, we're, we're using that in place of building relationships instead of connecting. So digital connections and social media offer the illusion of companionship. Listen to this statement, without the demands of friendship. The illusion of companionship, without the demands of friendship. So our network life allows us to hide from each other, even as we're tethered to each other, right? We'd rather text than talk. Or as one line says, we expect more from technology and less from each other. And so it's brought us to a place That uh, is a critical thing until the Surgeon General says we have an epidemic. We have a crisis. We're in trouble. It's affecting every part of our society. And I have some good news for you today. I believe that there's an answer in Jesus Christ. I believe there's an answer in the Word of God. I believe that what we're finding is that that, uh, these uh, counterfeits, these substitutes for real relationship are beginning to erode the quality of our life. They're eroding our ability to relate to God and to each other. And so let's back up and let's look at some things I believe. What's our response? You know, those are some pretty heavy statistics. But let me tell you, my response is this, that we serve the God who created us. And when we understand how we created us and we follow that pattern, our lives are going to be full and blessed. Jesus said this, the thief, Satan, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But he said, I came to give you an abundant life. How many are thankful for that? Loneliness is not an abundant life. Christians can be lonely. You can be lonely because there's no one around you. You could be sitting in this room and be lonely. Loneliness is not just determined by proximity to other human beings. It's determined by our connection with people. And so this is what we're struggling with today. Loneliness can be defined in many different ways. It can be defined. It's basically yearning to be with and feel connected to someone. It, it's, we see it with isolation. People feel alienated. People feel misunderstood. You'll hear people say, no one understands me. Uh, I'm left out. We've, we've got new little words for everything. It's hard for me to keep up with all the little uh, you know, things you text. Like FOMO. What's FOMO? Fear of missing out. I know there was one lady when this first started, and, and uh, she, she thought she, she thought uh, LOL was lots of love. And she kept ending all her text to her family, uh, uh, you know, she, LOL. And LOL means laugh out loud. And so she would tell her family, I love you, LOL. And they were like, Mom, you're saying two different things. So we, we've got our own term See, we've invented our own vocabulary, haven't we? And all kinds of things. And, and did, how many of you have ever said the wrong thing on talk text and sent it out before you checked it? I won't say who, but we had a board member cuss on one of our correspondents in a, online. I won't tell you who. Their face may be red. You can identify them now. I will admit... We had a little fun with it. Then we got spiritual. Okay, is that all right? We, we, we had a moment. We went ahead and said, oh, that how you're feeling today? We we made sure he saw what he had posted. So so we're dealing with this thing of, of uh, feeling misunderstood, feeling left out, feeling overlooked, feeling uh, bored, feeling depressed. But this void is here. Uh, I, I thought this was interesting. Uh, how many have ever heard of Elon Musk? Kind of a wealthy guy, a little bit of money in his pocket. You know his yacht's bigger than your house. All of our money in this room together doesn't is, is not in his pocket change. You understand what I'm saying? The dude has some money. He has some stuff. He has some bling. Okay, he's got it. But you know, I read this. It's interesting. He microdoses ketamine for depression every day. And here's the interesting thing to me. It said that and and when he's going to a party, he takes full doses. So it's kind of the opposite. You would think if you were depressed and you're going to go be with people, you're going to feel better. But but what I'm saying is loneliness can grab you anywhere, any place, anytime And so when he goes to be with people, he has to take more stuff to help his depression. When he's by himself, he has to take some every day. So evidently, possessions and home, and, and there's nothing wrong with Elon Musk. A lot of people deal with depression. But I'm illustrating a point. Evidently, there's nothing you can't you can obtain or there's not anything you can accrue that's going to take the place of having the relationships God created you to have in your life. There's just no substitutes for that. And so we have to understand how this thing works. I I, I want you to look at just a simple verse. Go to uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Let's go to the beginning to get the beginning on this. Genesis 2.18. What did God say? It's very clear and simple. Now you're going to get some help today. You're going to get some help over the next two or three weeks. I really believe people are going to come out of some dark places. Can somebody say amen to that? I believe people are going to get some tremendous help and encouragement. It's going to be powerful. But what did God say? Let's begin. We know what everybody else says. We know the situation is epidemic. We know that there's a crisis and many, many wonderful people are affected by loneliness all by themselves. But God said in the beginning when he created the first man and woman. This is what he said. Genesis two eighteen. the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. That's how God wired you. It's not good for you to be alone. Now there are seasons when, when life changes and transitions, but, but God created you and I to connect. He said, it's not good for you to be alone. That's what God said. God didn't make that statement to frustrate you. God gave that statement to help us understand. So what did he do? He said, so I will make a helper suitable for him. God created Adam and he created this man. And like some ladies say, he created Adam. He created man first. Men like to say that. And then ladies say, yeah. And then when he worked out all the bugs, he made woman. And he made that one right. So, So, but God said, Adam. Living in my garden with everything this, he said, this guy, I created him. I made him. I wired him from the inside out to not be alone. He said, it's not good for you to be alone. So let's take a moment and make sure we don't miss this. So so God created you to connect. Did you hear what I said? You have that capacity. It's inside of you. You yearn for it. When it's not happening, there's something missing. Not to frustrate you, to help you and direct you. But let's get this straight. God created us to to connect. He created us first to connect with him. The Bible says in the New Testament, watch this, in Ephesians 2, that before we are believers in Christ, while we're trying to figure out life on our own, he said we're dead in our trespasses and our sins. Now you say, Pastor, what does that mean? Uh, A dead man can't sin. Well, God created us as a triune being. You can't divide these away. They make us who we are holistically. We're a triune being. What are you saying, Pastor? God made us body, soul, and spirit. That's what the Bible says. It's very clear. We get the body, we get the outer house we live in. We think this is everything when it's the least important of it all in the eyes of God. But the body's the house body, soul, spirit. What's your soul? We often, even in the church, use the term soul and spirit interchangeably. It's okay. But technically, biblically, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. So God created you body, soul, mind, will, emotions, and spirit. But until you're born again, remember what Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't even see the kingdom of God. So when we're not born again, when we haven't accepted Christ, spiritually we're dead. We're dead and our trespasses are dead. And sin our spirit is where we have the capacity to know god it's where our life becomes full and complete it's where we begin to find out who we are and why god put us on this planet and we're spiritually dead until we accept christ and his spirit comes inside of our life how many are thankful that when you're born again you come alive spiritually but here's our trouble until we're born again we're spiritually dead we don't have the capacity to be in relationship with god we don't have the, the capacity to walk in everything he wants to give us. We don't have the capacity to understand this life more abundantly he wants to give us. You know, I'm excited about what happened in this altar today before this message. If you're online, you may not have seen it. We had a dozen people enter into the best life God has for them. They came and accepted Jesus Christ, and he said, I'm going to move inside you. I'm going to renew that. I'm going to cause your life to be what... I created you to be. So every relationship, hear me, begins in God's design first with Him. See, until I'm a born-again believer, I'm missing part of my life. I'm walking around in my body. I have the ability to think and have emotions and and and, and these kinds of things, but I'm spiritually dormant. I I'm not connected to God, and I can't connect to you on that spiritual basis. So our relationship is always lacking something. Our relationships away from God are always missing something. Our relationships without God at the foundation and the center are always struggling to fill a void that nothing but God will fit. So it begins with Him as we accept Christ. He is in our life, and and we become whole, body, soul, spirit. Then, and only then, are we capable of connecting to one another like we should. See, it begins with putting God in His place. And being there, you know, it's almost an oxymoron. I hear people say, I want to be alone with God. Well, if he's there, you're not alone. You ever heard that? I need some alone time with God. I know what you're saying, but just not alone time because God's there. Aren't you thankful God's there? I get it. So it all begins with the relationship with him. And then from a place of wholeness, listen to me. This is where we struggle. You know how many people are lonely because you've been hurt in other relationships. You've been abandoned in another relationship. You've been disappointed in another relationship. Do you know why it so easily happens? We're broken people trying to have another broken person make us whole. And it's never going to work. So what happens when I allow Christ to come in my life and forgive me and change me and put his grace and spirit in me and give me a new nature and I begin to walk with God? I am now just ready to begin to walk with other people in my life. So when we know Christ, when our, when God has come to dwell in us, then we have relationships built on wholeness, not on brokenness. I'm not trying to get you to be God for me. I'm not trying to make a relationship do for me what only God can do for me. Are you with me? That's built in disappointment. I don't care how pretty she is. I don't care how many muscles he has. I don't care what's in his bank account. I don't care how many cars he has. I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care how many people know who they are. If you think a human being can do for you what only God can do for you, you've started a relationship with a built-in failure there. And that's the root of our loneliness. We're trying to make life work. We're trying to connect with people that, that, that we're putting in the place of God. And when those connections stop working, we begin to isolate ourselves. It all begins, that relationship with God. Let's look in e- uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Turn there with me. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. I want you to I want you to see this. Very important, very important. So let's look at this. Let's look at this. Uh, and I've got a few verses. I'll go through verse 12. So get, look at this. Two are better than one. God said he didn't build these. Be by yourself. Two are better than One. Because they have a good return for their labor. He says, okay, so we see that. So look at this. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. See, God built this to be there for each other. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Got to be married on that one. Verse 12. Just saying. Gee. You used to not have to say that in church. Did everybody hear me say that? Thank you. Though one one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Now look at this. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Throughout this whole thing, he's talking about one other person, two, two, two. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Then what's this threefold cord? That's what I'm showing you right now. That's the relationship of God wrapped around that relationship. See, that's not going to be broken easily. Our relationships are fragile because they're not based on the Lord. Our relationships become fragile because God's not first in our life. You know the greatest thing could ever happen? I, it, it happened for me in, in my life, and, and some of it was just by the nature of the transition in my life. But once I realized what was happening, it was the best thing that happened for me. Listen, some of you need to take a sabbatical on dating. Okay, I'll, I'll try it over here. Some of you need to make, take a sabbatical on dating. When I first got saved, listen, you don't need my whole story. I was already in college, all right? I got saved during, between the fall and spring semester, all right? So I transferred to a new college eight days after I got saved. So I didn't know anybody. Nobody knew me. I had been at a state university, and I went to a small Christian college. There was no master's commission or anything like that. I was grasping. I, I, I had a couple of cousins there. I just wanted to get my feet on the ground. You know, I knew I needed Christian surrounding environment. I needed some help. And so I went there. So, so I, I, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I, I, I wasn't dating. It went a while, I, I, I was a young single guy. I had been dating and I wasn't dating. And, and, and then I, I realized, you know, uh, that kind of cleared the deck for me. I was just focusing on God. And I was growing, and it was awesome. And, and, and you know what happened? I, I didn't feel like I needed having dates. I, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. And I began to realize this whole thing was changing. Then I realized I didn't know how to date. All right. All right. Then I began to realize I didn't know how to treat a Christian woman. I began to realize Christian woman didn't deserve me on the bad end, not on the good end. I didn't deserve them. Let me say it that way. And so I was happy. I didn't have a need. Are you hearing me? I wasn't missing anything. I was whole for the first time in my life. I was complete. Life is good. I, I, I was good. And, and then after a period of months, first time I ever had a date. And you know what the first person I had a date with? The lady I'm married to today. God had cleared the deck for me. And I, and, and I began to look at life. God wants your relationships to be based on wholeness, not brokenness. Some things you made to tap the break, or you're listening to me today and realize why the loneliness is there and what's the root of some of these things. Because when God puts that cord around that relationship, when that threefold cord gets together, I'm going to tell you, God strengthens that relationship. God solidifies that relationship. You have something that's strong and, and, and can be trusted. I want to encourage you. Listen to me today. Loneliness is not your destiny. How many heard what I just said? Loneliness is not your destiny. Much loneliness, not all of much loneliness is a result of the broken places in my life and the broken places in the people's life around us. The brokenness of our culture has created the epidemic of loneliness. But I have some good news for you. This epidemic is not COVID. Come on, somebody just say amen to that. (laughs) This this epidemic, I'm scared because I don't want to get political and lose you here. But but this epidemic didn't start in China. Was I supposed to say that? Because some of you don't think it did. Wherever it started, this epidemic didn't start in a lab somewhere. This epidemic of loneliness started in the pit of hell. Because the enemy wanted to rob you of your future and your hope and your identities. Anybody with me? But today I'm going to give you a vaccine. Hey, don't worry. It's been tested. It's been proven. It didn't just happen. For 6,000 years, it's been working. It's been proven. It has the stamp of heaven on it. And I'm going to vaccinate loneliness out of your life with the word of God and defeat this epidemic and help us understand that God has purposed for you something good and it's still available and it's still within your reach and it's not too late you may have been lonely for years I'm going to tell you God wants to resurrect the ability to connect in your life And have fulfillment in your life. And have purpose in your life. There's so many things that are here. Some great men and women of God in Scripture dealt with loneliness. Be encouraged today. Some great men and women of God dealt with loneliness in so many areas. So, one, One of the things I want to help you see. See, some people are lonely because they never learned how to be alone. That's why you're lonely. You don't know the value of being alone. Sometimes being alone is good. See, we have to understand... What alone is for? Sometimes it's good. I, I, I'm going to help you understand how to do that. I'm thinking about Jacob, the trickster, the deceiver, the supplanter, who always was scheming and never gave God place, who never had a relationship that was whole. But the Bible says in Genesis 22 that Jacob finally got alone with God. That thing you're running from might be a blessing if we learn how to be alone. So Jacob got alone with God. And what did his all by himself do? He had a he got a new name. He got a new nature. He got a new walk. And he got a new future. I'm going to tell you, sometimes being alone is the greatest gift you'll ever have in your life. But you have to learn how to be alone so you won't be so lonely. We're going to see what happened to people. What happened in David's life while he was alone? He was this shepherd boy by himself all alone nobody watching him. While he was alone he killed a lion he killed a bear. While he was alone God was preparing for him to kill a giant. While I'm alone it's my proving ground, training ground. It's not time to be depressed it's time to say "All right, God you and I got this moment. What are you preparing me for next? You're not alone forever. Your destiny is not loneliness. God has a purpose. You can come out of your isolation and whip every giant the devil puts in front of you. God wants to bless you and connect with you and show you how to make this life work. I got a word for you today. How many want to work here, I, And I'm kind of, I got to, I got to move. Woo, I got to move fast, but, but I got a word for you today. Some people here put it behind me. First Kings 19, nine. I'm not just, it's just a scripture. Here's a word for somebody. This is Elijah, the mighty prophet of God. He was lonely. He was all by himself. Listen to me today. If you're lonely, you're not by yourself today. You're not the only one. Elijah was running from Jezebel. He had had the incredible fire fall in the preceding chapter of Mount Carmel. It, it was at a great moment. And then he's running the next day. And God says that Elijah goes and hides in the cave. That's being alone. He's isolating, he's running, he's lonely, he's depressed, he's fearful. You got me? There he went into a cave and spent the night. (laughs) And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here? You know what I believe God sent me to do today in these next two or three weeks? To to walk right up in your face and say, what are you doing in that cave? Get out of that thing. We're going to do something for God. Are you hearing me today? What are you doing here? I've got a word from God for us today. You're not a statistic. Come on, somebody say amen. You're not a statistic. You're not going to lose this thing. God's going to do something great. I'm going to have to get right down. I've got to skip some things. So I'm going to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. All right, Mark 1, 35. That's for the help of the media team. Mark 1, 35. I'm skipping over, running out of time. But I, I'll give God my time any day. Come on, somebody say amen. Mark 1, 35. Look at this. lonely, all by myself, all by myself. What could be lonelier than a leper in the day of Jesus? Isolated from family, from friends. Let's look at this encounter. I believe this, you may see yourself here. We're going to pray. We're going to release some healing and hope. And we're going to walk this thing out. We'll come back next week and take this up. Mark one thirty-five. very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house uh, and and uh, pardon me, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I, do you know? Do you know? I believe Jesus may have been the most solitary, alone, maybe lonely life of any human being that ever breathed on this planet. I want to show you that in this series. It's amazing. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on. So he got up, and left the house, and went off to a solitary place. He did that willingly. Okay. And what did he do there? He what? Prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, listen, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee preaching where? In synagogues, in in villages, and driving out demons. Pardon me. Now, verse 40. A man with leprosy, a lonely man, a man all by himself, a man without any hope around him, a solitary figure came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. I'm so glad he asked that question because he didn't say, are you capable of healing me? See, a lot of people believe God can heal. But the real question is, do you believe God will heal? Or you'd see the difference in that. Can he heal? That's a theory. Can he heal? That's a doctrine. Can he heal? I need to know. Will he heal? I'm so glad he asked that question. He wants to say that to you. He says, "You, you, if you're willing, you can make me clean." Verse 41. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Did you hear what Jesus said to you today? To me today, I am willing. I'm willing. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Leprosy, the picture, the definition, the illustration of loneliness being all along. The leper under the, the law, the Levitical, Levitical law, was required to never be closer than 50 paces from a well person. When he saw them coming, he had to cry out, unclean, unclean. His issue preceded him everywhere he went. You ever felt that way? His reputation preceded him everywhere he went. Maybe today you're sitting here and you're lonely because you think that everybody's giving up on you. You think that everybody knows who I am. Nobody cares for me. Nobody likes me. My reputation is out there. I'm alone. I'll never be able to come back. I failed. I'm guilty. I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm this. I'm that. And like the leopard, you feel like you go through life with your, 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 your failure, your issue out there in front of you before you ever arrive. We worry about what people are saying. Maybe social media is hurting us there. You know, people have said this and people have said that and you've read this and you've read that, you know, and, and, and it's out there. And what do I do? I can't have friends. I'm going to be alone because i'm unclean my identity precedes me everywhere i go but i want you to know what he did are you with me are you listening what did he do he took a step to jesus in the middle of his loneliness are you hearing me today we're going to pray he went ahead and took a step in the middle of all that he was dealing with he, he he was overwhelmed he but he said you know i've lived like this long enough is anybody listening to me today I've been in my cave long enough. I've been depressed long enough. I've been lonely long enough. I'm going to go take a step to Jesus sometime. You're going to have to become sick and tired of being sick and tired and do something about it. Sometimes you may feel weak. You may feel lonely. You may feel hopeless. Your faith may be holding by a thread. But when you get to that place and say, you know, I'm going to take a step to Jesus. Some of you did that when you came to church today. Some of you did that when you came online today. Everybody who came forward today did. Sometime, or you're listening to me today, God is willing. You have to take a step. You have to take a step. You have to give God an opportunity to do something in your life. You know You know what I love about this? Jesus said, we just read it, he was on his way to preach to villages and synagogues. He was going to preach to crowds like this. He was going to go to a gathering of a lot of people. But on the way to the crowd, or listening to me, lonely person, he stopped and gave his full attention to one lonely man. He wasn't just looking at crowds. He said, this is what I came to do. If you're lonely today, if you're depressed today, if you're isolated today, you need to know that Jesus will stop the journey for you. That he'll halt everything. That he'll tell the synagogue to wait and the village to wait. Because that one lonely individual means everything to him. He had his full attention. That's who Jesus is. That's what he does. He knows where you are and what you've been going through. You're not forgotten. You're the reason he came. Are you with me today? For us, maybe our issue is not leprosy that someone can see, but it's on the inside. Maybe our spots are invisible. Maybe our issues are unrecognizable from the outside. Shame and guilt will push us into isolation. Disappointment and heartache works on our hearts and we may not cry unclean. We may not be visibly uh, recognizable and we may go to work and we may go to church and we may work in our family, but on the inside, you're alone, you're all by yourself and you need an encounter with Jesus. Christians need an encounter with Jesus. And I love this. You got to see this. The leper, we always know he took a risk. He took a risk to get to Jesus. He evidently came inside the 50-foot parameter because it said he came to Jesus and he was down on his knees. And he said, if you're willing, you can do something for me. And he could have been stoned to death at that moment. And we understand the risk he took. But what I want you to understand and what we also often fail to see is that Jesus took a risk too. Because you see, this is Jesus. Remember, he healed the centurion's servant. When the centurion said, you don't have to come in my house. Just say the word and he's healed. So Jesus could have just spoke the word. Jesus could have just breathed. Jesus could have done whatever he wanted to do because he's Jesus. But Jesus touched him. Jesus got right into his space and touched him. Jesus walked right into his cave and touched him. Jesus walked right into his lonely, depressed, dark moment and touched him. See, according to that law, Jesus could have become unclean then. But what you have to understand is that you as an individual are so important to Jesus that he will risk getting dirty to touch you in the middle of your pain and no matter what anyone else does. But the good news is, is that when Jesus touches you and me and our loneliness and our depression and our dirt and our guilt and our shame, he doesn't get dirty. He doesn't become unclean because he is the healer of the healer. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. He is the God of life and creation. And there's nothing the devil ever developed that can harm him. He's willing to walk into your darkest moment and touch you because you're that important to him. I want to conclude with this. Let's read these last few verses. They're they're, they're amazing to me. Look at verse number 43 in Mark chapter 1. We read in verse 42 that, that the leper was healed immediately. Verse 43, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. But go show yourselves to the priest. And offer the sacrifices Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead... He went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. Understandable, but not what he told him. As a result, watch this. Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside where? In lonely places. Yet the people still came in from everywhere. You know what's amazing to me? Jesus traded places with the lonely man. He traded places with him. The leper, the lonely man, got his life back, got his health back, got his friends back, got his family back. And Jesus said, I'll go step in your place. I'll be the lonely so you can be the whole. That's who he is. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the one who will touch us when no one else will touch us. Who walk into our cave where no one will even pass by? He's the one who'll trade places with the lonely and take it on him so you can be restored and rescued. I want you to stand with me. I want our worship team to come. Let's pray together here. I want us to pray. How many are thankful that our God is the God who'll touch the leper? Our Jesus is the one who will walk into our space and touch us where we're dirty. You know, being lonely is not dirty. That's just what people think about us, what people say about us. Being lonely isn't a situation anyone ever wanted to be in. Being lonely is not a situation anyone ever thought they would be in. People have failed you. Situations have happened. And the enemy wants to whisper in your ears, you're always going to be alone. You're never going to be happy again. You're not worth being in a relationship No one can love you. No one will care for you. Your guilt, your shame, your failure, it's never going to be enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not young enough. You're not rich enough. You're not educated enough. You don't have this. You don't have that. And what is he doing? He's forcing you into this place of loneliness, of isolation. Do you know why? Listen to me. Because the devil knows the potential of God that's in your life. Because you're an answer. You're a solution. You're a testimony. You're a reason God put you on this earth. And if he can isolate you, he's taken a message away from the church. If he can isolate you, he's robbed us of a testimony. If he can put you in loneliness, he's locked up a miracle that the world needs to see. So today, I want to say to you, loneliness is not your destiny. God has a plan. God has healing. Jesus is not just coming to the churches and the crowds and the big groups. He wants to come to everyone who says, Jesus... I'm lonely. Would you touch me? Are you willing? Will you heal me? Will you restore me? That's the Jesus that we serve. I want us to pray together right now. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the healer, the God who touches us when nobody else will, the God who comes near when no one else is, God that said to us, yes, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to come. I'm willing to help. I'm willing to even trade places with you. I'm I'm willing to walk into your despair. I'm willing to walk into your loneliness. I'm willing to walk in and and, and I'll be in relationship with you. I'll start with you. Start with me. Come with me. Start with me. Let's begin here. That's the Jesus we know. Lord, I pray today that you begin to bring healing across this room. Bring healing in in our online campus. Bring restoration today. Restore hope today. Restore life today. God, I pray you'd resurrect men and women who've given up. I pray that you'll walk into that place of isolation and bring light and hope to them again and let them know that God be for them. Who could be against them? Walk into that moment and let them know your grace, your power, your goodness is on them today. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I'm going to do something I haven't done, I think, in years right now. But I believe it's the direction of the Holy Spirit. This thing, loneliness, is something that's personal. It's something that, for some reason, we think is a stigma. We don't want to admit it or talk about it. But it's very real. You see the statistics. (laughs) You're not alone. Every other person in this room, according to these statistics, have dealt with this. And the younger we get, the even more it is. Isn't it amazing? The most connected generation we ever ever had digitally is the loneliest generation we've ever had there's something God can give us that nothing else can so I'm going to ask you to do something in a moment don't do it till I tell you to because I know it's going to stretch some of you a little bit but I believe it's what God wants us to do I'm not going to ask you to come forward for prayer although that's a wonderful blessed thing. you've seen us already do that today but I believe we're starting some people on a journey today and so here's what I want us to do in a moment when I ask you to I'm going to ask you to take the hand of the person next to you. Not yet, but when I ask you to. Because I know I'm stretching some of you right now. So I want to give you some privacy for you and Jesus to have a moment, for the Lord to walk into your loneliness and say, hey, I'm willing. But I also think it's important for somebody to pray for you right now, to recognize you're not alone. Somebody touched me, somebody did that. So when I ask you to do that, I want to lead you in a prayer. I promise I won't make you do it long. I know some of you are starting to sweat right now. Especially the males in the house. I understand, guys. Come here, Nicole, and Avery, you can hold my hand. See, I'll join in. The one's my daughter, so I'm cheating a little bit. Okay, see, okay. I'm breathing. It's all all right. I want you to take someone's hand next to you right now. Look at me. That's important. That's important. You're not alone. Are you looking at me? You're not alone. Someone touched you today. I believe Jesus touched you today. The leper says, would you touch me? He said, yeah, I'll touch you. He said, I'm willing. I'm not going to stand at a distance. I want to come right up close. And however you pray, I'll lead you in prayer. But just quietly, would you pray? You may not know that person's name. If you don't, introduce yourself after this. Let's pray for each other right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those in this room that have been battered by loneliness. God, they've been in this place and, 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 Lord, it's lonely. They don't like it. They don't want to be there. They want to get out. But, Lord, they feel trapped, almost isolated. Some are almost hopeless and think this is it. But, God, I decree and declare that loneliness is not their destiny. And, God, I declare they're going to learn how to first walk with you before they walk with someone else. And God, we're going to stop being disappointed by counterfeit substitutes for you. We're going to stop chasing people and we're going to start running after God. Lord, we're going to allow you to bring that healing. God, I pray for those that are lonely in a family that you'll heal that family. I pray for those who are all by their self. God, you'll remind them that you'll step in and they're not alone. God, I pray you'd help them to begin to understand that being alone might be the prelude to the greatest season of their life. Help them to understand that being alone is not rejection by God. It's preparation by God. Help them to understand that the failure of man will not be the failure of God. Help them to know that where they can't trust a man, they can trust God. Lord, I pray healing in every heart. I pray hope released across this room. Lord, I pray the touch of another person reminds them that God was closer than they thought he was, that they are not alone, that you are with them, for them, that you'll go with them. Your promise is that, dear God. When you created Adam and Eve, you said, Adam, it's not good to be alone, so I'm going to give you Eve. But you walked with them in the cool of the garden. They had that threefold cord. Lord, I pray today healing, restoration, Hope and life I take authority over the lies And the strategies of Satan I take authority over the lives of the enemy I break generational curses In the name of Jesus I break the effect of hurting painful words In the name of Jesus I say to you Satan The Lord rebuke you For your strategy against my brothers and sisters God I declare We are transitioning To a new, better, healthy Whole season in our lives And God, we thank you for that today. This is our prayer and we praise you and we declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can drop your hands. Why don't you take a minute and just thank God? Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message.